0: Flare, and this is Founder Coffee. Every two weeks, I have coffee with a different founder. We discuss life, passions, learnings, in an intimate talk, getting to know the person behind the company. For this first pilot episode, I was lucky to talk with Adam Hampi of Better Proposals. Since last year, when Salesflare and Better Proposals were in Absumo at the same time, we talk with each other on a regular basis, and you could say we have become founder friends. Adam is one of the most honest, authentic, and driven startup founders I know. He will never shy away from saying what's on his mind, which makes him the perfect first guest for this series of personal founder talks. Welcome, Adam. You are a founder of Better Proposals. Uh,
1: What does Better Proposals do exactly? So it helps uh, freelancers, service businesses, anybody that would usually write a proposal or a quote and send it to somebody with the aim of winning some business. So it saves you the pain and hassle of mm-hmm. designing this whole thing in Microsoft Word or InDesign or you know, some other method or using uh, you know, your built-in quote functionality in your own software. So it saves using all of that and actually sends something that's A, looks really smart. B, it saves you a load of time. Um, and sort of lastly, has a load of best practices for sales already built into you know the templates and the functionality and everything else so it means that you can win work an awful lot quicker yeah. um and more of it as well
0: so in short it's uh it's uh like uh uh
1: the best proposal tool out there or? yeah i'd say so <laughs> it'd be stupid if i said no wouldn't it <laughs> and what, uh, what
0: what what made you start uh better proposals when did it exactly happen like
1: what what were you working on where were you with whom so we we ran a software company at the time and mm-hmm. we would go into companies they were you know and we'd come out with these proposals and and have to spend sort of several days writing these things so we're absolutely massive for 30 40 50,000 pound um mm-hmm. so, software projects and it was a massive deal if you won one of these things or not because you only really did sort of three or four projects in a year so mm-hmm. You know, if you win it, it makes a huge difference to your life and yeah. uh, and otherwise. And so, I'm doing these things in I think in design at the time, and I would spend absolutely days on them and making sure that they were right, and making sure they looked good, and mm-hmm. making sure the copy was good. And it just and then you'd send it and you'd hear nothing. You're like, oh, okay did they get it? I mean, it was like a 20 meg PDF. I mean, you know, what happened? Did it even get there? Am I not chasing this up because I think it's too soon? Like, You had no visibility, no idea. So uh, there was a, a bit of downtime. So I said to our tech team, look, can you just make something web-based that means that we can see who's opened it and what they've looked at? That way, I'll know when they get it and I can follow up accordingly. So we did that. Obviously, early versions were very scrappy, very bad, but the concept was really good. So that was about five and a bit years ago, I'd say. And it's just sat there as like this little internal tool that we've used for for years. And yeah, about four years ago, we started it up as its as its own actual product as a side project. Yeah. Um, and two years ago, we cut away everything else and focused on it full time. Yeah. Well, what did that company do that you were working on? So. Yeah, basically, what it was was I'm completely autistic, right? So I, um, I love logic. I love um, you know finding the weaknesses and things, and then trying to figure out how to fix it. So I would, I really like the idea of going into different companies, finding out where their admin weaknesses were, so understanding their processes, and then our software company would basically. Build something that automated all of those processes. So, in the process of doing this, I wrote a book called "Automate Your Business," Mm -hmm. and that did quite well. Actually, we used it as a lead magnet, and but we physically printed it and actually sent it to people. Um, Gone are the days with the PDFs, but yeah, basically, just actually sent it to people, and yeah, we that did really, really well for us. So that was what we did for several years, just going into companies, asking them tons of different questions. Figuring out what it was that worked, what it was that didn't, and then fixing all the broken bits. So, was it a SaaS product, or was it a? a no, it was custom software. software. It was custom for each for each customer. client. Mm-hmm. Cool. So it was fine for a bit, but there, there it did get to a point where we're thinking, okay, we either need to grow this business massive, in term you know, or um, or we're going to have to either scale back or do yeah. something to change it because it's just sort of hitting limits all over the place. Um, cool. And all working far too hard for not enough money. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, better proposals is your first uh, actual SaaS company. Right?
1: Um. Yeah, the first one that's done well, but I wouldn't say it's the first time we've tried to build a software product. Um, mm-hmm. we built, we've actually built quite a few. I never really thought about it to be honest until yeah. you said it. But um, we built a product called AdBook, which was a really, really, really. Um, Every one of these was bad, by the way. <laughs> there was no good one. Um, but he has a really, really, really simple CRM, um, mm-hmm. which is basically is a, an address book. Um, that's literally all it was with a notes field attached to it. Uh, so we we made that. And we I suppose the earliest working version of Better Proposals and where it all, I guess, really started was um, a product that we made called SignTick, um, mm-hmm. which was literally just, I guess, what you'd know as, you know, Echo sign or DocuSign or Hello sign today, uh, so it was purely just document signing, and then we started using it for quotes, and then uh, and that was that really. Um, oh, no, we had the Easy Site, the Easy Site that was like probably about twelve years ago. We had this um, this little like I mean it wouldn't work with WordPress now these days, yeah. that, that being so popular. But it was it was a kind of pre WordPress in a way um but yeah you just had these little themes and you dragged them in and you know basically made a website um yeah. but yeah interesting <laughs> yeah, um, reminiscing about that
0: <laughs> how did you exactly get into uh startup projects was it was it web design first that you did or
1: yeah yeah it was it was um i, I started doing websites when i was super 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 young and then um it was just like friends dads that needed websites uh maybe 14 <laughs> me too actually oh, yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's fun i'm trying to think of like the first i mean i i remember playing around was it, what was it called front page microsoft front page was that one microsoft front page yeah is that the one
0: <laughs> my websites in flash uh but i used front page as well
1: yeah i remember playing around uh, i think the, the one of my highlights was play, figuring out um how to do DHTML, dynamic HTML? We <laughs> so could make shit like fly across the page and do all sorts of ridiculous stuff. Mm-hmm. It, was, uh, it was, good fun. It was good fun.
0: So the 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 the, the little project it, it kind of grew on you. The
1: let's say. Uh, yeah, I mean. It, I th- I think with all of it, you know, you, you do these things with the best of intentions. You, you know, if, you, if you're not going into something like this with the intention of it being something remotely successful, then, you know, you're kind of not going to do the things you need to do in order to make it sort of successful and actually work. But at the same time, I mean, a weird way, I'm almost glad some of it didn't work because mm-hmm. in, in every way, I mean, if you just take, you know, Scientific, Adbook, and the easy site, those three things, without doing those three things, Better Proposals would either, A, not exist, and if it did exist, it would be absolutely awful. Yeah. Um, the, the digital signature thing being a, something that was a key component in, um, in Scientech, that's obviously very prominent in Better Proposals, almost exactly the same technology, actually. Um, Adbook you know, really taught us about organization and structure and layering of information and things like that. I mean, obviously, you guys would have gone through this a lot, but sales player as well. Um, and then you know the easy site really just taught us. I'm trying to say it without it sounding awful and bad, but we dealt with clients that didn't really know what anything was. Mm-hmm. They, you know, we were the most technical people they knew, and these are the kind of people that would put, uh, you know, a drink in the in the CD holder <laughs> in the in the CD drive, and and say, "I found the CD the, the uh, cup holder, but I haven't found the CD drive." That's <laughs> that was literally our client base at the time. So we were designing the easy site for people like that. Mm-hmm. So what that taught us was really challenge and question your copy and mm-hmm. you can't put too much information in, keep it nice and short, all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of learnings with, the, with these things and I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade any of them. Even though none of those three things were successful, mm-hmm. uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't trade any of them for the world.
0: Yeah, I understand. Is, it, is this something that uh, that uh, is influenced by your family? Does, what kind of what kind of family did you grow up
1: in? Um, my mum's a teacher, and my dad's an engineer—not um, mm-hmm. a programming engineer. He he fixes—I um, like to say he's a drug dealer because he works for a drugs company, yeah. um, a legal oh. one. Um, and uh, yeah, he basically fixes the or maintains the. Like oh yeah, this, okay, the, the heavy duty scales and everything else like that, that, that yeah. goes through. Uh, so he does a lot of that. And my mum's a teacher. So mm-hmm. when I said that 15, 16 years old, I want to start my own business. Neither of those two have got a clue what anything other than nine to five is. So <laughs> it's yeah. a bit of a challenge. Um, but I think nowadays they're pretty convinced I was right.
0: Yeah. You kind of started with the small projects and it, you uh,
1: know, all... yeah, there wasn't a lot of, um, there's a lot of love, but not a lot of good education going on from like a business perspective. Like I charged mm-hmm. somebody £600 for a website once. And this is up from 300 This is mm-hmm. my rate. And, uh, and my mum's response was, how could you charge somebody so much money? You're such a rip off. You're grounded. That was her response. So it was um, not, not exactly an awful lot of uh, positive encouragement to increase my prices. Yeah. So I got grounded for increasing my prices, which meant I couldn't go on any more meetings that week so yeah (laughs) conundrum
0: (laughs) what 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 did you study then uh, in high
1: school is it something related or um really sure i mean i'm 33 now so when i was where when i did my school stuff that we were the last year group that didn't have any computer anything related to our education um the year Below us, they started with like some sort of qualification or something um, in computing and word processing and all that kind of basic stuff. Uh, but we were the last group that never had, that they just didn't even have a qualification for it. So mm-hmm. uh, I did really bad at school actually. Um, I just put C's and D's across the board. My mum's a teacher and I, go, I know I was C's D's. <laughs> she couldn't have been more disappointed in me. Yeah. It's quite funny, did you, did you
0: ever have a, a like, a quote-unquote real job, or?
1: Yeah, I've had a couple. Um, my first ever real job was um, working at Tesco's, which mm-hmm. was, a, was a supermarket, uh, to anyone that doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've got anybody that's listening, uh, what, what's the, what would the American equivalent be, like, Walmart, I guess. But, um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's basically the biggest supermarket. So, I did that, and I was stacking all the news and mags, news and magazines, and newspapers and stuff like that sorting all those out um that was my first job then i quit that and then i went to mcdonald's for like an hour and a half <laughs> i was like fuck this no way i uh, got fired from tesco's for being too efficient i uh, went to mcdonald's because i couldn't bear to go home without another job uh fear of getting shattered at so um yeah i went there lasted a few hours left and then did spend a few months trying to get some web design clients, yeah and then uh, yeah, I had two other jobs: one was working for a sign company in sales, and another one was working as, like a signage company, so like okay. you'd um yeah, like shop signage, things like that mm-hmm. um, so I worked doing sales of that, which was pretty interesting actually. It kind of taught me a little bit about the company was about twelve fifteen people, mm-hmm. and the It was it was an interesting size of business actually because the the there was clearly a sales department, which was me and one other guy. Then there was the production team, which was split into two bits. It was quite nice to sort of see a process there, but it was small enough that everybody knew everybody. There was lots of skill overlap, but it was quite interesting to sort of see how a company grew and split up departments. That was kind Mm -hmm. of interesting to see that. Um, and then the only other job I've ever had, um, was back sort of about 10 years ago, uh, spent a year working with a company called Pure, which is an email marketing company. So this was selling to enterprise, mm-hmm. uh, selling email marketing to enterprise in a world where MailChimp wasn't MailChimp basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so it was, that was still good, good fun. Learned a lot about sort of selling there and, you know, getting your recurring revenue up and, mm-hmm what makes people make decisions and the best ways to sell software as a service. Yeah. Uh, so that was that was very interesting.
0: Yeah, I bet. Uh, talking about um um uh, making making startups successful, which uh, other startup or founder do you look up to uh, and why? Good
1: question. I think it's varied a lot. Um I think in But where we're at, I mean, I I know that we we don't, you know, we're we're on similar-ish paths, I suppose. Um, But I find that the things that are important to me, like this week, are Mm -hmm. different than the things that were important to me last week. So I don't don't really, I don't really like follow any particular, um, I suppose if I had to answer, I would say the guys over at Basecamp. They's, mm-hmm. They've probably got the most consistent message that has constantly resonated with the way that I want to run mm-hmm. my business. Like, I don't really believe in the whole VC thing. I think there's millions of different ways of doing it, and you don't need to do that. Um, Obviously, there's exceptions, but on the most mm-hmm. part, bootstrapping is entirely possible. Um, You know, the idea of not needing to work 160 hours a week, having a no list instead of a yes list, you know, that's, mm-hmm. you know, things like that have always been true. And, so I suppose if I had to look up to anybody, it would be Jason Freed and David Helmer Hansen over at Basecamp. Um, mm. But I suppose on a slightly more macro level, um, or micro level, I guess, the, it changes really frequently because the whole landscape of working in a SaaS business is it changes so, so, so much. So in terms of like hiring, that wasn't even a remote concern and outsourcing and things like that. wasn't even a concern to me like six, eight, six, eight weeks ago. Whereas now it's literally all I'm doing. Yeah. So it's it's so amazing how quick it changes. So you're if you're stuck on what one person or what one company is sort of teaching, then you know, you might not get the things that you need to get. So it's sort of good to have an open mind and just sort of bring in information as and when you need it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the the way I hear it, you're look you're looking more to uh have a, a bootstrapped startup than a VC funded one. Is that
1: correct? Yeah. Yeah, it is. I like the idea of control, you know, like if we decide to, you know, take our product in a slightly different direction. I don't want to have to clear that with sixteen layers of venture capital management and, yeah. and whatever. And and also I don't like the path that the VC world takes you down, you know, like if you mm. if you take on Funding generally, you're signing yourself. I mean, I'm totally overgeneralizing here, but you know, you generally sign yourself up to a certain set of things like you you have to work towards getting that big exit, and that means either selling the company or going public or it fails, and that's pretty Mm -hmm. much it. You there isn't any middle ground where everybody's just happy to have a nice, consistent, you know, healthy growth and grow your team as and when you need it and everybody has a good life nobody's working too hard but we're all challenging ourselves anyway like there's no concept of that seemingly in the vc world it's it's all go hard or go home by any means necessary and that's it Mm -hmm. and i don't know that doesn't really maybe it's because i'm an old man now but you know (laughs) it doesn't really uh maybe that would be cool with my 24 year old self but at the age of 33 i don't want to boss anymore
0: Okay uh so so for you a better proposal is more of uh it's it's more from a, a lifestyle
1: standpoint than building something or or yeah i mean I, I think you can do both i don't know i don't know that they need to be completely um, mm-hmm. you yeah know, i don't think that it's one or the other i think you can have a great life do the things you want to do mm-hmm. and you know, and still build a great business as well i mean yeah. yeah sure it might not be as quick that's you you you've got to accept that part if you're going to go down the bootstrap route it is going to be slower than if you you know had 10 million quid to to spend you're obviously going to be able to do things quicker if you've if you've got a huge amount of money in the bank but i don't think i, I, I you don't see why it needs to be a choice i mean something that's incredibly important to me is making sure that i have a nice chill summer I, mm-hmm. I enjoy festivals i enjoy going and spending time with my friends in different parts of the world and that's something that's super important to me if i had a Venture-backed company that would pretty much not be non-existent. There's no way you can turn around to any VC and be like, "Yeah, it's cool. Like, I've just, I'm just gonna go hang out in, you know, Italy or Croatia for the summer and see you guys, yeah. <laughs> see you guys yeah. at the end of August." Like, nah, that's not gonna happen. It's not gonna fly, and you've got no way of convincing anybody that's a good way of running a business, even though mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with it. So, I don't know. I mean, it's it, that's just me. Um, Mm-hmm. I think, I think you can do both. But.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you're, you're, you're looking to grow this into a big company still.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's not like I'm looking to sort of just keep the thing as small as possible, but I don't want to grow unnecessarily. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think that's definitely a, a small point. Like it, I think a lot of people think of bootstrap companies, they think small companies. And I don't think that's necessarily right. There's no. tons and tons and tons of bootstrap companies that are mm-hmm. massive. I mean, perhaps two of the biggest examples would be MailChimp and Basecamp. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think project management, you think Basecamp, you think email marketing, you think MailChimp, and neither of those two have taken any funding on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, but what have they got in common? They both, yes, they started and they got in at a very good time, but, you know, they have been there and they've not, changed their business they've changed how they've done things they've adapted but Mm -hmm. they've not changed the fundamentals which is we're an email marketing company we're here to make email simpler email isn't going anywhere running projects Mm -hmm. isn't going anywhere and those those two companies i think can be more of an inspiration to founders than probably you would think because you know they're just sort of doing the doing things i believe the, the right way not growing unnecessarily quickly. Yes, they've grown quickly. Yes, they're big companies, but they, they haven't grown unnecessarily fast.
0: Mm-hmm. Get it. Uh, you think if you'd win the lottery tomorrow, you'd still be working on
1: better proposals? 100%. I can't think of anything else I'd rather do. <laughs> okay. It sounds crazy, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't change anything. I'd probably move somewhere different, live somewhere slightly different as um maybe you know like build my dream house or something and you know have a, my perfect work set up from, from that perspective but mm-hmm. I wouldn't I wouldn't change I wouldn't change my, my day you know I haven't set an alarm for the only time I ever set an alarm is when I'm getting up to go on holiday somewhere yeah you know and I, I love that freedom I love the idea that if I get to half 10 at night and I think, Oh, do you know what? I'm feeling a good four hour stint coming on here. Like, let's, let's go. I want that to be okay and not have to think, Oh shit. But I've got to get up and get into the office for eight tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So it's set you set a little rules. Like I don't ever take a phone call before 11 o'clock in the morning. That's yeah. because I know that I will never sleep in that long. And mm-hmm. if I do decide to have something that's you know, work late or whatever, I'm I'm not going to be winding anybody anybody else up or moving their schedule around. Um, And it also allows me to get stuff done in the morning. And Mm -hmm. yeah, so I don't know, it's just creating little rules for yourself. You don't have to go full tilt with it. But I I do find that realizing that you are actually in control of your own day and Mm -hmm. removing some of the things that maybe you aren't in control of and just kind of getting rid of them or working them out, and having more and more of your day where you think actually I am in complete control of this now.
0: Yeah. What what do you spend most of your uh, work time on right now? Like how
1: does your day look? At the moment, like the last couple of weeks, it's been more writing instructions for other people, dishing out other tasks. Um, Mm. It's been things like that, but the, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm I'm a designer by trade, so yeah. I'm doing an awful anything that involves design. I'm doing anything mm-hmm. that involves marketing or writing generally falls to me. Um, so I'm sort of taking care of that side of things, and then Sabrina's pretty much anything that's sort of development-based and product-based. Yeah, um, so she's she's sort of doing her own thing as well. But yeah, I mean, it, mostly it's it's writing, it's design, it's improving things, looking at. Stuff that we made decisions about six months ago and just putting it through the filter. Does this still make mm-hmm. sense? Is this still the best way to explain that? With my new understanding of what customers want and the questions mm-hmm. that you get every day, is that still relevant? And mm-hmm. just constantly going through little things like, you know, we just rehashed all of our templates. Every single one of them has cost us an absolute fortune. But mm-hmm. the it's very much worth it. And having to just go through now and think, You know, and that's, that came from simply opening up the templates and just looking at them and going, is this the best advert for our company? Mm -hmm. If, if, if I was trying to sell this to somebody and all I could show them was one thing, would this be it? And the answer was no. Okay. What can we do then? Is this, is this as good as our templates can look? Absolutely not. But why are we, why are we not showcasing that? So, um, you know, that led me to sort of look back through and, yeah, you know, get in touch with some designers that I knew and said, "Look, you know, the floor is yours. Go, go nuts and, and make these things look as good as possible." And now we're sort of, so the of pushing in, those out. A uh,
0: phase of optimization now, rather than, uh, than really pushing growth.
1: I mean, I think a lot of it is is the same. I mean, we just sort of I rehashed our homepage a couple of weekends ago, and it looks like mm-hmm. conversions are sort of from free to sign up of or visited to sign up have gone up by about a percent, um, Mm. which is kind of good. Um, but yeah, that's like one little thing and you just have to constantly go through and and look at that stuff. So optimization and and growth and things, I mean, I, in a lot of ways I look at it as it's kind of the same stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, like you're, you're taking something that's, that's already there and improving it or you're looking at what you're not doing. Um, and then sort of improving that by kind of actually getting on with it and doing it, but yeah, his um, I think that honestly the only thing that um I find a little bit difficult sometimes is is this like no list, you know what what there's always a list of things to do mm-hmm. always, and it's unnecessary you can find yourself putting yourself under like unnecessary pressure by you know thinking, oh we've got to do this, we've got to do that, we've got to do... in. It's like, you don't, you don't need to, you, you yeah. rarely, is any of that on its own actually important? Like, yes, move towards your goals. Yes. Do those things, but don't kill yourself because there's no, like, there's no point. And it very rarely actually moves the needle that much. Mm-hmm. It's, it's quite rare that, that something makes a huge difference like that. At least I've found anyway.
0: Yeah in in the in in your uh uh what can i say between us co-founders are you the one who 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 usually uh puts the brake or the one who is uh who is pushing the gas is the the one who says
1: no or the one who says we have to do that it's a really good question actually um i think it's a bit of both actually um i'm I do a lot of reading. I do more ideas come into my head than into Sabrina's in, I don't mean that in like a, a negative way. It's just, that I expose myself to things that are likely to influence the mm-hmm. direction of the company. So like I read a lot of blogs like we're, you know, I are in a couple of similar communities. I'm involved in that. She doesn't see any of that stuff. So she gets my filtered version of it. So usually I'm the one saying, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Um, And very often, if I sound excited enough, (laughs) I can convince that it's a good idea. But it's really good and important to have somebody pushing back on some of your ideas, even the Mm -hmm. best ones. Yeah, because Yeah, I mean, even the best ideas need to be fought for. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we had something similar, a a, a tiny little thing, but we wanted to add a little feature to um, a part of the editor in Better Proposals. And we're both sitting there. I'm saying, yeah, it's fine. Let's do it like this. Let's do it like this. And we're, we're both arguing for the same thing, but we, we, how do I say it? Like every new thing you do has to, it doesn't have to replace something, but it has to earn its place. So if that's a new feature, if it's Mm -hmm. a new person in your business, if it's a new marketing Avenue, it could be anything. But if it's something that you've not been doing before, it's got to fight for its place. Mm-hmm. So it's, it has to be something that's going to make a difference. And if that means cutting something else off, then so be it. So we were discussing the other day about whether we take out um, a little piece of the editor and replacing it with, with this other thing, which potentially allowed people to do the same thing, but not in the same way. Um, and it was an interesting discussion because we were both arguing for the same point. We both wanted the new thing. But I'm saying, can we do both? And Sabrina was saying, maybe that's got to replace that thing. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was an interesting discussion. And I think it's really important to have somebody in your business or close to it that can push back mm-hmm. and isn't afraid to push back um, on even the best ideas. Yeah.
0: What's, what is was actually uh, the funniest thing that happened lately at uh, Better Proposals?
1: funniest thing that happened lately uh oh we got told off by our biggest competitor proposal Told off? they came they, yeah they came through one i was uh, i was actually snowboarding i was coming down in a lift in a, uh ski lift and um i just get my phone out just check i haven't looked at it for several hours and uh, i see this intercom chat so <laughs> i know i know i should be intercoming while i'm on holiday but uh so i get this i get this chat through it says it says oi get that proposify article down it's rude i'm like all right i said oh you should see the one they wrote about us and they said yeah well when we do it it's cute I'm like oh okay all right (laughs) so so, so i'm like all right so uh yeah i had a little chat i don't know who it was there but obviously one of the one of their team or whatever so I i had a little chat and said yeah it's like we're not gonna take it down but you're not gonna take us down either so <laughs> stop your moaning um but that is it's it's fine so that's probably the most amusing thing really um mm. that's how sad things are sometimes but yeah no, i mean from a from a pure business point of view that's that's quite funny i mean some of the interactions we have customers are quite funny um but, but yeah i mean there's you know it's like somebody asked sabrina recently uh how she delete? How she needed to delete some text from a template, and Spring like, "Oh, just highlight it and delete it." Yeah, how do I do that? <laughs> yeah. So we're like, uh, "How do you say like press the delete key on your keyboard?" Yeah, She's you like, well, yeah. Well, she did in the end. She's like, um, "We well, just on your keyboard, just press the delete button, and then it'll go, and then you can type what you want." Mm-hmm. She's like, okay, "Which button is that?" It's the one that says delete. is <laughs> like, it's near the P. just up and to the right a little bit. Ah, oh, okay, perfect. Got it. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. So I don't know whether that's uh, someone just mm-hmm. trolling, but it's the sort of thing I might do. But yeah, no, it's, um, that's, that's kind of about as funny as our conversations get. Really, it's quite, a, quite an amusing one.
0: Uh, a bit more about uh, work work life stuff now. Uh, how do you how do you manage work life balance? Do you work really late, or
1: or do you put a limit? Where do you actually put the limit? Good question. Um, I don't have limits. Uh, <laughs> yeah. that, sounds, that sounds really stupid, but what I mean is, there's like I suppose there's like an internal compass of yeah, yeah you're pushing it too hard. But often I'm not. So I. I don't really have, and this is part of a problem, actually, I think, but um, I'm I'm never really completely working or completely switched off. Okay. So it's like I'll go snowboarding and check intercom while I'm on a chairlift. Mm -hmm. You know, or uh, I don't know, I'll be working and play FIFA at the same time. Mm-hmm. you know it's it's really it's stupid stuff like that and it's it sounds really stupid and kind of immature but in a in a way i think that's probably in some ways a victim uh or or uh is caused by the fact that i work from home so i'm working in my living room <laughs> mm-hmm. so that's a choice thing though like i could go and get an office there's absolutely nothing to stop us doing that but last time we did that, we just didn't find it to be any more productive than, than anything else. So mm-hmm. we all actually kind of what's the point? So we didn't bother. Um and uh and yeah, Sabrina feels the same. So you know, she doesn't she doesn't bother doing that. So she works from her place, I work from my place, and that's uh and that's how, and that's how we've done things. Um and we're a remote company as well, so like we don't we don't have Um, you know, we've got people in Brazil in America and, you know, all over Europe and whatever. So Mm -hmm. to to have like, there's no centralized place that could exist anyway. Um, so we are a completely remote company. Um, and I think a lot of that is, you know, I don't know. I think my, my ability to, my personal ability to actually sort of separate my work and my leisure life is pretty poor. Probably Mm -hmm. one of the things I'm worst at. Um, the the one time of the week I do actually truly completely separate um, my work and my leisure life, if you like, is when I play football. That's it. Yeah. it's the, it's the only times so I get like an hour a week where I'm completely and utterly unplugged, no phone, no nothing. For um, the it's quite, that's soccer, or yeah, soccer to, to yeah. the uh, to the Americans. Sorry, yeah, got to cater for that. Um, yeah, so I'm a I'm, I just stand in goal most of the time, get cold. But, uh, yeah, it's, I'm a goalkeeper, yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not fit enough to be an outfield player. No.
0: <laughs> is that the way you stay mentally and physically fit? Is it, is it uh, football or are there any other ways you use to manage stress levels? And
1: I, mean, I think, essentially, stress levels is kind of an interesting one because when you've got – most causes of stress – are mostly because of money for most people. Like mm-hmm. it's, the, it's the first major cause of stress. But beyond that, it, I don't know. I think, I think managing that, it manages itself when you've got a business that's profitable and you've got recurring income. So like how so much has got to go wrong for us to be in trouble. It's unreal. I'm not going to say it'll never happen because it probably will at some point. Um, and that's, that, that thought keeps me grounded. Um, but in terms of actually managing stress levels, I don't really find I get stressed. I, I I actually enjoy like everything we're doing. Um and I don't know, maybe a little bit of stress would probably be a good thing for me in a way, because I'd probably be pushing myself a little bit more. So and that sounds like a weird way to answer it, because most people would answer like, oh, this is how I manage my stress. I don't, because I don't really have any. Mm-hmm. Um so you probably
0: set up your company in a way that it kind of minimizes uh, stress, because as soon as you get mm. like VCs on board or you start hiring more people, that's when yeah. the stress really begins. I think.
1: Yeah, I agree completely. And it's funny actually that even in the last couple of weeks, I'm sitting there working on something myself, and I'm like, oh, I wonder what Maya's doing. Oh, um, she's strictly done that yet? You know, and I'm like, oh, these are all these tasks that I just started assigning to people. And mm-hmm. I didn't have those problems even just three months ago. I was just doing my own thing and that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas now I've started outsourcing a lot of stuff and trying to free, free up my own time so I can be a little bit more effective in the areas that I'm needed. Um, yeah, and it, even, yeah, you're right. I mean, even, even that is, uh, I wouldn't call it stress, but it's another concern. It's another thought mm-hmm. I didn't have that sort of crops up every, every now and again. Like, oh, have I actually given her feedback on that? interesting. Have I, have I set Zach up on the next set of templates? No. Right. Okay. I need to actually do that. <laughs> Otherwise he doesn't know how to do it. So yeah, it's, um, I wouldn't call that stress, but it's definitely, it's another thing to think about. And that's, I guess that's, that's growing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, you've made a really good point actually. Like we have just set things up in a way that doesn't really, it's sort of a stress-free environment really. You know, if something's stressful, well, why is it? The most stressful thing that happened recently was uh, our server ran out of disk space in the middle yeah. of the night. <laughs> so it crashed. And mm. I weirdly woke up and looked at my phone. You, you can tell me off for that being a bad thing, but it's a good show I picked it up. Um, mm. But yeah, I picked it up and I got an email from the hosting company saying, oh, your disk space is at 95%. And then, um, you know, uh, and then basically went straight over-the-limit thing. So that that's probably the biggest piece of stress that's happened in the last, mm-hmm. you know, couple of, well, maybe years yeah. in a weird way. Um,
0: yeah. Apart, from, apart from soccer and working, what do you like to spend
1: your time on? Um, see, I don't know because no. <laughs> okay. I don't watch films. Um, I watch football. I'm a big Barcelona fan. So, um, yeah, how about this one for work-life balance? I don't do anything if it clashes with a Barca game. Okay. If something clashes with a Barca game, I don't do it. So in in my calendar, I've got all of Barcelona's football games. And if somebody wants a phone call, well, my calendar isn't available because there's a game on. I can't do it. So like, it, it, there's, no, there's no possible way that I miss a Barcelona game. I'm not, like, I actually wouldn't mind missing the odd game it's something that I've decided is imp- is important, and there should be that cutoff point so mm-hmm. whether I actually care about that mat- particular match or not is irrelevant it it's more the fact that there is that time when no one can get me and you know that's uh you know that's just something that I just decided and yeah. that's yeah um in terms of other stuff I mean I, I do go on quite a lot of trips and holidays and stuff like that. So so that's something that I look forward to. There's always something in the diary, there's always a a trip or or whatever. Yeah. I prefer longer trips. So instead of going and doing like, you know, three days and then doing a city break or something. I mean, I know I came to see you guys the other day. Um and that was that was the shortest trip I've taken in ages. It's just like mm-hmm. a five day trip. Uh that's pretty rare for me. Uh mm-hmm. usually it's much, much, much longer and there's you know, make sure that we can, you know I can work and do my stuff. Yeah, while I'm away, if I try to mix the two. Really, I suppose if I had to answer properly. If you would sell
0: better proposals for a ton of money and you could spend your life the way you wanted, would you go about
1: traveling, or what would you do? Yeah, see, I don't know. I really don't know. I th- I think I'd have to do some. I'd have to do something. Yeah, um, similar to what I'm doing now, because. I don't know, like the perfect day for me has something where I get out of the house, I have to do some meaningful work and move something forward. Mm-hmm. Um, something that's completely disconnected from work. So, you know, it might be 20 minutes of watching a quick TV program or it could be playing football, or watching a football game or something like that. Um, seeing my family, going out for coffee somewhere, like something physical, something outdoor. Mm -hmm. Um, moving work forward in some way or another and then having I don't know some sort of like social communication with somebody be that sort of a quick chat with a friend or sort of texting a girl or something like something that's just completely not work related and is completely social Mm -hmm. Um, but that would trying to get as many of those little things in a a day as possible if you go too many days in a row without any one of those things you start things start to get a little bit weird
0: yeah where, where are you actually based? I'm in Brighton. And what's,
1: um, what's Brighton known for? Gays. Gays. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brighton is known for gays. It is known for being a little bit of a weird sort of kooky place. It's not completely odd to walk through the center of Brighton and having, you know, someone with green spiky hair and pink tights on and a beard that is not that weird in brighton okay it's at the um, sea right yeah it for anybody that doesn't know if you know where london is or you can mm-hmm. find that on a map just draw a line from london directly down until you get to the sea that's brighton oh okay is, is it a good place to have your startup yeah we don't take anywhere near as much of, a, of an advantage of it because there's um I mean, Brighton SEO is one of the biggest SEO conferences in the world, and that takes place about wow. eight minutes from where I live. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, we don't take anywhere near enough of an advantage of that. I'm sure there's tons of um, little startup communities and things like that in Brighton that we could you know, contribute to and get involved in. But yeah. um, I don't know. I, uh, are,
0: they, are there any other cool startups that we should know that are based in Brighton?
1: There's a medium publication called the happy startup school ah. and that's based in Brighton that those guys run like, um, a, I suppose it's like a co-working space, but then it's also they do like conferences and bits like that, the little retreats and things. It does look pretty cool actually. Um, those guys are based in Brighton. Um, I'm trying to think of some other stuff that's, that's based here, There's some big agencies, uh, Fresh Egg are a big agency. They're based in Worthing, which is about five miles the opposite direction of Brighton. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's um I'm I do not know actually, I'm sure there's I'm sure there's some other um oh the guy, do you know do you know the accounting software, Cashflow? Cash what? Cashflow. K-A-S-H flow. They um A-S-H. they've still been pretty much overtaken by zero now, but the uh, they've got like a pink logo but they were really, really, really big uh, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the founder of Cashflow, he, uh, he lives in Brighton.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, <laughs> assume, um, uh, to, to, to finalize uh, a few learnings, uh, what's the, the latest good book you've read and why did you choose to read it?
1: I haven't read a book in ages, <laughs> um, but my favorite business book is Rework. Rework, rework by, rework, by um, the guys over at Basecamp. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's by far my favorite. And why book. is that? Because it's all actionable. There is no fluff in that thing at all. It's all mm-hmm. short essays. Like it's like reading twenty-five blog posts. So each one is completely an in, independent thought, and you can either agree with, agree with it or not agree with it. Mm-hmm. And you don't you don't find yourself saying ironically i just have but like rework is a good book you don't need to say that because it's it's like seven of those articles in that book might be might change everything for you and the rest of it might be completely irrelevant but because it's split up into into sort of different sections um it's just it's focused around a simple theme of rethink the way that you're working yeah. and that's that's it that's as that's as uh uh, like direct as the, as the as the title gets and mm-hmm. everything else after that is is just independent thoughts um okay. a really 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 good book super easy to read super quick to read um well presented mm.
0: actually when we we started out the first um book that uh Leven, my co-founder and i uh we read was a getting real also by 37 yeah uh yeah it was basically our handbook in the beginning to uh to organize the way we would uh, go about business
1: yeah we we used a similar thing um we did we do exactly the same thing it's um yeah getting real is brilliant um, and yeah. yeah reworks good i yeah. think they've got a new book coming out soon
0: i never read rework have you never read it i'm gonna have a look at it
1: so. do it man it's really good it's really really good uh so it's, it's, it's a really great book i mean lots of it is is things if you've been following those guys, those it's it's standard stuff. You know, don't mm-hmm. don't have meetings. You know, you do your best work where you do your best work. That's different for everyone. That kind of mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, it's a lot of stuff that uh, probably echoes a lot of what I've been talking about today, actually. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, it's a it's a really 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 good book. Lots of simple little things you can just pick up, and you don't have to spend like three days reading a book. It's very quick.
0: Mm-hmm. Is there anything you'd wish you'd have known when you when you started out?
1: Um uh it's quite difficult because you only know what you know at the time and you I'm still a firm believer that you you should know stuff when you when it's right to know it and telling you that I agree. before is kind of unhelpful mm. um i mean i, I don't yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's lots of things that I'd look back on myself and say, oh, if I'd done that earlier, then, then that would have been better. Yeah. Um, you know, like we've recently started paying attention to competitor pages, comparison pages. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would have been great if we'd done that a year ago. But really, we're only now at a point where our brand is strong enough to be able to actually get in the same conversation as some of those guys. So mm-hmm. it was kind of pointless to do it before. So, kind of everything happens. It sounds like really weird and kooky, but everything happens for a reason. In in that respect, and you learn it when you right when it's right to learn it. All the Mm -hmm. time you're moving forward, you just pick stuff up at the right time. So, yes, there's certain things that you could do sooner. Um, Yeah, I mean, like I don't know, it's it's stupid stuff, man. Like I wish I tagged certain things in Intercom earlier. Mm -hmm. I've got no idea who's got what template. It doesn't help me target anybody. Like, if I've got information for SEO consultants, I've got no idea how to go around targeting those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, little things like that. But there's there's no real major stuff. I wouldn't have said because I don't feel like if somebody had said to me, "Oh, you should do X," mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have done it anyway. Yeah. Don't know. So bad you answer. Maybe, start but...
0: over. Was it, Would be, there be anything you you would have done significantly differently, or just no regrets?
1: Um, I don't think it's a case of. There's nothing that stands out that was sort of significantly mm-hmm. like oh we totally wasted a year on this or or that. I mean I think we gave up our. I think when it comes down to is so I've had a very clear idea of where I wanted to take this business right from the beginning. So. Mm -hmm. I knew very, very, very early on that I wanted automated income. It needed to be based on people buying a a product or something of that nature. And that's it. It should not be dependent on my time or anybody's time that I'm paying. Mm -hmm. And that was something that was really, really important to me. So everything that we've done for the last 10 years as a business has been gearing us towards that point. Mm -hmm. So from going from designing websites to designing software, which is slightly more rentable than a website is and slightly more custom and people more locked in to shifting away from that and into the products to moving from the products into, into better proposals and then finally shutting out everything else down. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we probably got it about right. I mean, I think if we'd done any of that any sooner, we would have been stupid like if we cut off our client services business like super early, we wouldn't have had any money to build better proposals what we have, and if we hadn't have built it with the quality that we did, then it wouldn't be the product it is today, and wouldn't have been able to withstand you know the 5,000 odd people we brought on with Absumo and you know the several thousand odd we've done since then and before as well. So you know we wouldn't have been able to do that or done, done as good of a job of anything actually. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to sort of like get out of it and be like, "Oh, we've never made any mistakes." Of course, but it, I, I think in terms of general process, and I think we've we've pretty much got it about right. Mm-hmm.
0: Cool. Final question: um, mm. What's the best piece of advice you ever got?
1: Best piece of advice I ever got. Hmm. can't remember it's probably a Steve Jobs thing let's be honest um (laughs) I just I don't know if it's any one piece of advice that any person has given me but just don't do shit you don't want to do I mean people have said this in various different ways and whatever but just don't do anything you don't want to do because Mm -hmm. I mean look you have to sometimes but there's better be a big picture for it so like if you're going to do one shit thing that's going to lead you to 10 good things maybe that's worth it but Mm -hmm. maybe put better don't do anything consistently you don't want to do you know for any any sort of length of time um because it's just not worth it it drains all of your creativity it drains all of your energy to do stuff you don't want to do is just it's it's soul sucking i mean anybody that's building a side business on like outside of their day job i mean I have absolute massive respect for anybody that's doing that and doing it well, because to, to go through the, the, like the nine to five thing and leave work drained and then come home and start coding a new project or start marketing a project or writing or whatever it is that you're doing. I mean, to, to do that after getting your energy sucked out of you all day is, is absolutely massive. So massive respect to anybody that's, that's doing that. Um, I mean, I, Pretty sure I couldn't at this point. But yeah, just don't do stuff you don't want to do. That's probably the, the number one thing I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, everything else stems from that. And look, remember, it's your life. Try not to have too many things where that are pulling you in directions you don't want to go in. I mean, I've been super lucky in that I've got an incredibly supportive co-founder who knows when to go along with my stupid mental ideas and when to go Adam just get on your work and stop being such an idiot you know um and and has found that balance as well so yeah having good people around you is, is is equally as important I think
0: that's it for this episode of founder coffee we hope you liked it let the world know if you did thanks for listening guys